we've been teaching on our uh, core values, and um, uh, core values are great. Um, they 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 um, uh, they paint an excellent picture of what you um, aim to be or should be. And organizations around the world, they um, uh, have core values, or not not, not all, but but um, but uh, some do, most do. And um, they're more than just words on paper. They're more than just good ideas. Um, but, but they are what um, um, uh, you want the culture of, of an organization to embody. You want the people to grab hold to it. You want the people to, to catch the revelation of what it really means uh, to walk those particular values out. And we started uh, talking about um, excellence. And then we talked about uh, or taught on truth. Um, who was there last week with Pastor Walt? I taught on truth, as well as Wednesday. Taught on, taught on truth, and there's a, a an acronym that we have here in the ministry, and um, these values are values of the word. So they aren't just what we kind of came up with, but but they are important to God. So they must be important to us. Uh, tier T I E R T I E R truth, integrity, excellence, and relationships. That's the core values of this ministry. It's, it's always been written in our, uh, on our website, on uh, pamphlets and handouts uh, that, that had our vision uh, uh, printed. Um, but we also recognize that the only time that you would ever, you know, kind of hear us teach and articulate those is when you had new members, uh, where we would go through those things. So anybody who has gone through new members, you know, you know, kind of what that is. Um, I um, never went through new members. Um, so I was just, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> mom and dad say, come on. So I just came on. So I'm basically grandfathered in. Okay. Um, so, but, uh, but it's still, uh, um, um, uh, something that is important to God. It's important to this ministry because good always triumphs over evil. And what God looks at more than anything is your heart. What God values more than external whatever you can gain is your heart. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. So God is concerned about how you're living. Look at somebody and ask them a question. How you living? How you living? There was a show years years ago that when it would come on, the first words that would be said was, how you living? What? How you living? What? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, some of y'all know what that is. <laughs> but it's an excellent question to ask yourself. How am I living? How am I living? Keep in mind that every time the word goes forth, God, and, and we always have assistance, God sees to it that you um, uh, be held accountable to it, where he'll remind you through the Holy Spirit um, of the word that was released that, hey, you need to apply that word in said situation. Because when it comes, yes, it, it's for the present, but it's also for what is yet to come. So where you say, well, I heard that, I understand, you know, I get it, I get it. There will come a time in a situation where you're going to need to draw on that word that you heard and, and, and that you said that you received to, to prove to God and to yourself that you really have grabbed this thing, have grabbed hold to this thing. Because it is important to not just hear the word, but you must be a doer of the word. Because it is the doer of the word that is blessed, not just the hearer. So even if it may seem elementary, um, it is so profound. Because uh, how many know the, the, the basic things of a matter anchor you? 
It's those basic things that are so necessary that may, you know, sound like a one-on-one Sunday school and, you know, we heard that kind of thing, but, but, but the Word of God is eternal. And when you need that Word, regardless of what that Word is, the right Word at the right time, at the right time, in the right circumstance, will bless your life. You say, hey, you, you, you may think it's just, you know, a word, but I receive it as revelation. Man, that was life to me in that moment. I, man, I really needed that. So as we're teaching this, uh, uh, these, these, these values, make sure that you are mindful that God wants every one of us to make the adjustment. And even if you say you got it, God, God is saying, hey, let's take it up another level. Because there's always another level. Because when you think you got it, at that point, you start to digress. Because you stop growing. You stop sharpening. You, you, you stop allowing people to speak into your life. You stop allowing God to speak into your life. You just go on to the next thing. But we must always remember the, the foundations. We must remember those pillars. <laughs> those pillars. We must remember uh, those things that, that, that have aided in building our faith. Because everything builds upon itself. Remember that. Hallelujah. Everybody write this down. This morning, we're going to uh, uh, deal with the core value, and it's the core value of this ministry, but like I said, it's a value of the word of God. It's important to God, and that is integrity. Integrity. And write this title, The Path of Integrity. The Path of Integrity. The path of integrity. So just write this particular scripture down. You don't have to turn there. First Peter 5 and 6 through 11. Just, just write it down. First Peter 5, 6 through, 6 through 11. This it, is more of an overarching theme here. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. That's good news right there. God desires to exalt you. While we're exalting him, God says, I want to lift you higher as well. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resisteth steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. That verse 10 in the Amplified says, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you to his own eternal glory in Christ Jesus, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, establish and ground you securely and strengthen and settle you. We are always being formed and fashioned into the image of his dear son. We are always being processed. Never forget that. You are always being processed. You are always, you are always, always, always. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. And yes, we do have an adversary that would like us to give him ground. 
Because once we give him ground, now he, he has some room to play with. But as you embrace what's important to God and make that a part of your makeup, your everyday life, you know, how you do life, how you work, how you play, how you talk, how you uh, uh, deal, deal with your relationships. When you make that uh, a priority, God says, yes, I can work with that. Yes, I can, I can uh, 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 um, 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 really do something with that because he helps you to succeed. When we choose to do things God's way, he helps you to succeed. And we call that the prophetic advantage. We call that supernatural uh, grace. We call that grace. It, it's God's uh, divine enablement to do what you can't do in and of yourself. But that's the overarching thing that you must always understand. That God is helping me to be what I ought to be. He is helping me to be what I ought to be. Thank you, God, that I'm not by myself. That God, whether you speak to me directly or through somebody else, you're it. And it may not feel good when they say it, but God, you are uh, uh, making me what I ought to be. That's why accountability is so critical and so necessary because nobody knows it all. That's why the body of Christ is necessary because not one part of the body has every component and part that you need. We need everyone's part to benefit the whole. So God's intent is to perfect, to make perfect, to, to frame you, because God is an artist, you know, because when an artist paints, they, they, they have a frame that they, you know, paint in. <clears throat> he wants to prepare you, restore you, uh, um, um, enable you to be perfectly joined together, um, uh, to mend you, to, to equip you, to put you in order. This is God's intent. This is God's mind. This is why we come and we learn of, of him. This is why we come and, and we receive. God, what else? Uh, what other areas, God, are, are you wanting to fill? God, what, what ground have I not given you? What ground have I given the enemy? That's why the washing of the word is so important to make sure you're always clean because you can get dirty really quick. That's why God said meditate day and night. Well, God, I meditated in um, October, so I think I'm good. He said, no, no, I, I need you to do day and night here, okay? Because when you walk out into this world, stuff is attracting to your physical body where you, whether you see it or not. Which means when you come home, you need to wash up. Because all day long, dirt is trying to make its home on you. And the less we wash, the more dirt makes its home on you. But the more we wash, dirt has no place. Can I get a witness to say dirt has no place? Dirt has no place. Good always triumphs over evil. This is the call that God is saying to us as we're teaching on these values. Uh, Haggai 1 and 5, um, as he was prophesying, before he said it, he said, Thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. This is what God is telling each and every one of us. Consider your ways in the context of his ways. Consider your ways. Because our expectation here at Abounding Grace is that you will embody these values in your everyday life. That you would walk out what God originally intended for you. Let's turn to Proverbs 28 in verse 6. I'm, I'm going to be referencing the New King James often. Proverbs 28 in verse 6. Very powerful scripture from a very powerful man of God. Proverbs 28 and six. It 
And what you'll find is, whether man knows it or not, man values what God values as well. Whether they're a believer or unbeliever, they value what God values. Because you don't have to be um, uh, immersed in the word to know, okay, uh, uh, certain things are just not right here. You know, like even if you're not necessarily uh, taught and instructed, there's that seed of righteousness that kind of pricks where you say something is not complete here. Something is kind of off. And I'll, and I'll give an example. But Proverbs 28 and 6, it says, better is the poor who walks in his or her integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he or she be rich. I'm going to read it one more time. Because this, this particular verse here is, is um, um, uh, uh, written by a very, very, very rich, very powerful man who had everything. Everything. And he said this. This wasn't a man who didn't have much, who was always scraping. This was a man who had everything. That he, when he spoke, the whole world listened, not just, you know, those who were working with him. The whole entire world came to hear what this brother, this man of God had to say. This is, this is, the, this is the man who was saying, who had wrote this particular proverb down. So clearly there was a, a, a knowing and an understanding of what God valued. Because he asked God for wisdom and God gave him wisdom, which means God gave him what he, God himself, valued. So when he articulated things, it, it, it wasn't just important to Solomon. It was important to God. He said, better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Everybody say better. 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 God wants you to be about better. God, what is better? Better means superior. You mean to tell me integrity is superior, exceeds, another meaning, millions, it exceeds billions, it exceeds lands and houses and, you know, at this time, cattle and horses and crops, it, it exceeds that? It's superior to that? Because if, if there was a choice, you want to choose that which is better. Now, God is so God um, because he's not concerned about how much you have because the richest man in the world compared to God has pennies. So you can have a lot. What God is concerned about is this right here because that will govern what you do with what you have. So he says, go ahead. He said, I'm God. I want to hook you up. I want to make sure you have everything that you need and then some. Because he's the God of more than enough. But he said, remember, it is better to walk in integrity than to have riches, than to have uh, 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 people yelling your name, than to have uh, resources upon resources upon resources and, and, and every kind of connection. He said, it is better to walk in integrity. Because whenever God says something is better, clearly the other thing will lead you down a road that you don't want to go. Where if I put my trust in things and put my trust 
in uh, that which is temporal, that there is no safety in that. There is no foundation in that. He's saying integrity is better. God is saying what I value more than riches is righteousness. What I value more than riches is righteousness. What you gain materialistically pales in comparison to walking upright before the Lord. It pales in comparison. Why? Because at the end of the day, it's God and God. So, so you got two choices, God's way or the other way. Because the other way may have a lot of past, but there's only one way. God is saying, don't value the profit of this world at the cost of your soul. He's saying, don't put your trust in the things because they could be here today and gone the next. As anybody who trades currency, as anybody in that pit in the, uh, new, the new york stock exchange i saw a documentary on like what it's like is crazy i mean you can gain 400 dollars in the same day in like 10 a.m in the morning and lose it by 2 p.m right after lunch like it is like you know that fleeting that fleeting but God says, I want you to cleave to that which is eternal and that which is good and that which is better. Because uh, uh, what God values is not limited to this world. It is eternal, where it affects your present life and your, uh, uh, the future generations of those who come after you, whether they come from your loins or those who um, learned from you while you were here. We must always remember that God's way is eternal, which means when you go, when you transition, whatever seed you planted that was of God, it remains. So, so you say, God, what I do today, it's not just for me and mine, but God, what I do today is for the generations that will come after me. That my conduct today, in this present right now, if the Lord tarry, 30 years down the line, what I did will have an effect on somebody somewhere. How I lived will have an effect on somebody somewhere. So what is integrity? In the Hebrew, the word is tom. Integrity speaks of completeness, fullness, completeness, fullness. That which is complete. It's, it's whole. It's sound. The word will use the term perfect. Oh, really? Wow. Because we think perfect is, you know, um, 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 without, you know, the need to improve or, or it's, it's just there. But when the word talks about perfect, when you choose God's way, that is a perfect way. And that perfect way is perfecting you, which means it's a way that's sure. It's a way that guarantees a result. It guarantees, and we just got through singing it, a good outcome. Guarantees it. Because the Bible says God watches over his word to perform it. So if I do his word and he's watching over that word, he will perform it within my life. Oh, wow. So I really can't lose if I choose his way. The English definition of integrity is 
a firm adherence to a code of moral or artistic values. In other words, adherence to a standard. Firm adherence to a standard. It means incorruptibility. It means an, an unimpaired condition of soundness, undivided completeness. This is all in English. Firm, whole, sound. It's all pointing to what God values, integrity. He values it because his name is at stake. He values it because his word is at stake. He values it because your life and my life is at stake. Because if God was not a God of integrity, God will be unreliable. We couldn't rely on God if God was not a God of integrity. Because God is the ultimate leader where he says, I want you to be about this. He himself is already that. So we can have confidence that, God, if you're calling me higher to do better, be better, that you already are that. So you know exactly what I need and how to show me how to do this thing right to get the maximum impact and the maximum result because God wants you to be fruitful, but in righteousness, to bear the right fruit. Because if I choose the other way, I will be fruitful bearing the wrong kind of fruit. So you're gonna bear fruit one way or another. The Bible says in all labor, there is profit. Now there can be good profit, Unjust prophet or just prophet? Righteous prophet or unrighteous prophet? Just because you're profiting in life does not mean you, you got all your ducks in a row. Because God would say, what kind of prophet is that? What kind of fruit is that? God always inspects fruit. And we must inspect our own fruit. That's why we're teaching on core values. Because God says, hey, I want you to inspect your own fruit. Uh, it's so easy to inspect other people's fruit. Can I get a witness on that? It, it, it's so easy to see what you do wrong. But if I got something on my face, I will never be able to see it on my face without a mirror. So, and a mirror does not have a soul, which means I need help to see my own self. <laughs> That's why I got to send us a helper to help you see your own self. If God was not a God of integrity, he would be a liar. God would be a liar if he wasn't a God of integrity. He would no longer be holy. If, if God said one lie, he would cease to be holy. Cease to be God. Everything would cease to exist. So, God, I need you to keep your word. God, I need you to be integrous. He said, I can't lie. So you don't got nothing to worry about. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, when I said man values the things of God, even if they're not believing in God, it's true. Prime example. Anybody ever been to a restaurant and you looked at the menu and you saw a succulent dish? I mean, think about the, the, the best dish that you just, like, you always get at your favorite restaurant. 
and you know exactly what it tastes like. You know exactly what it's supposed to be. Somebody even is probably going to go there after we dismiss to eat that particular meal. But you know exactly what it's, what it's going to be. You know the integrity of that meal. But they make that meal and they bring it out. And it don't look like what you know it's supposed to be. It don't look like the picture is off, is wrong, it's, it, it's probably overdone, whatever it is. What you going to do? Send it back. Because you're not taking something that's lacking in completeness, integrity. I don't care who you are, Joe Blow, Susie, Susie, whomever, if you put that meal in front of her, she's expecting a complete, whole, integrous meal. You put it in front of her, she will reject it. Let's say, no, 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 no. Because I value a complete meal. If it's got a hair or something in it, send it back. Give me something that is full of integrity. That's made right, that's done right. Man values that. If you spend money on something and they say, I'm going to give you this product or service for this much amount of money, if you don't get that product or service, what you going to do? You're going to speak up. You're going to say something. And let's say you spend a lot of money. We're not talking about $5. You dropped a few thousand dollars to get something done. And it wasn't done right or the product broke, something wrong with it. Oh, you best believe, well, I know I'm, 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 I'm going to take it back. I'm going to get my money's worth. That's called completeness, wholeness, integrity. If you're at a point of sale and you spend, um, um, you want to buy some cookies, and um, the cashier, say you give them a $20 bill, say the cookies cost $3. You give them a $20 bill, and they give you a $10 bill back. Now, how much money are you supposed to get back, though? Where my other, that's exactly what you're going to say. Where my other seven? Now, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, they must have miscalculated, the, you know, it's like it's all good. But, but in that moment, regardless of who you are, something is not complete here. Something is not whole and is not sound. So it provokes you to respond in order to make sure that it is complete, whole, and sound. Man values integrity. You can have a man or woman who is shirking in their work, that does things under the table, that's the fruit of their labor, but they turn around and want something from somebody else, they're going to demand that, hey, you do it right, and you be honest by me. But you being dishonest with somebody else, everybody values that completeness, that wholeness. It's, it's, it's that thing that God instituted that, that man cries out, wait, something is not right here. We need to get it right. Especially if you've been wronged. And God has called his people to not sometimes be about this standard of integrity, but all the time. Because if that is the stamp on your life all the time, that separates you. Because the um, sin nature man will want everybody to do right by him or her but will sometimes do right by other people in the best interest of his or herself. In other words, if, if, if I'm going to experience some hurt or pain, that sin nature will say, hey, do whatever you got to do 
whether it's breaking the law, whatever it is, to not let this thing come upon you. But integrity says, whether it's favorable or unfavorable, I will maintain this standard because it's not just my name at stake. It's his name. Because the sin nature likes to fight or flight. Get out of there. Even if somebody else is wronged, get out of there. Though I may want right done to me, though I may want right done to me, it's not as easy for me to do right to everybody all the time. Because integrity says, I live at a higher standard. I live at a higher standard. Integrity says, hey, if I commit to doing something, and I discover that I'm unable to complete that task. I don't just not do it, but I rather speak up and say, you know what? I committed to something. And I can't fulfill this. So is it possible that we reassign this somewhere else? Or See, integrity always, and you said it, speaks up for what's right. Integrity says, hey, if I give my word, I have to keep it. I, I must, as uh, the Bible says in Psalms, swear to my own hurt. Why? Because it's not my name at stake. It's his name. It's your family's name. See, Proverbs says a good name is to be valued. I'm probably par uh, paraphrasing. Um, to be valued above riches. What is contained in a good name? Well, integrity is one of those things that's contained in a good name because whenever God says this is better than that you want that which is better to be named among you always integrity is very important and we're just teaching this morning Proverbs 11 and 3 simply says the integrity of the upright will guide them but the perversity of the unfaithful will destroy them. See, here's the importance of integrity. Guides you how? In the way that you should go, in the way that's right. If you are a, a man or woman who walks in integrity, you will be guided. You will be guided in, in the way I should go, in what I should do. What's, what way is right? If you make a decision to say, God, I'm a... Do right, regardless. God can work with that, and he will guide you in that. Proverbs 20 and 7 says, The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. So are you telling me that if a just man or woman is walking in integrity in this life, in their life, that their children benefit from that? That they are blessed after in other words, when you long gone, that your children are blessed after you. Because conversely, if I walked unrighteously and unjust, my children will be cursed after me. Because I'm planting seeds. I'm planting seeds that, that are eternal. I'm, I'm planting seeds that are benefiting someone or not benefiting someone now the beautiful thing about that is uh, yes you may reap 
the fruits of the wrong someone does. But that's one of the reasons why God sent Jesus. That, that says, though an unjust man, a, a man or woman who did not walk in integrity, they did something to you before you even got, or, or did something that started to affect your life the moment you were born into this world, born into sin. Jesus comes to break those curses. That's the good news about it. 100% of the time. Will you get a refresh, a reset, a restart? And then God says, walk in integrity. He says, plant the right seeds because your children will be feeding off of whatever you plant. They will be eating whatever you plant. They will be reaping the benefits of whatever you plant. Because in this particular region, the name of, um, I'll just use this example because we know it, the name of Harry Jones has a certain standard to it. Where, if, you know, if you ask people about that name, good things are going to come out of their mouth. Because I remember hearing a man, um, uh, Apostle took me to buy some suits sometime, and um, um, this man, uh, like, he, he, like he, he introduced me to the uh, gentleman that he knew um, that was selling suits. And then the first thing that gentleman said out of his mouth to me, he said, this is a beautiful man. Now, this is a straight man, okay? He said, this is a beautiful man. <laughs> his name preceded him. His name caused people to say certain things. And as, as a matter of fact, because of his name, I was able to get a ridiculous discount from those suits that I didn't even pay for. But because of that name, it wasn't about money. It was about a, 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 a way of living that God instituted that people want and they gravitate towards. They want to be associated with it because good always happens when certain virtues are evident within a person. And whether you give credit to God or Allah or whatever God, it, it, it originally came from God. Where everybody wants to be associated with somebody who walks in integrity. Has anybody ever been associated with somebody who does not walk in integrity? They say one thing and they do another. There isn't a soundness and completeness to their words. They don't keep their word. They're actually always in it for their gain and themselves, all of the above. There's something missing. There's something broken. See, uh, what God wants us to do is be mindful of who we yoke ourselves up with. Because God wants you to yoke yourself up with those who walk in integrity. Because if I yoke myself up with someone who walks in, in, in uh, sometimes integrity or, or you know, they, they uh, kind of cut corners, then uh, the Bible says uh, um, uh, bad company corrupts good morals. And, and at that point, your integrity is compromised. Because it's not, hey, um, well, I'm good, you know, I'm right. But they're wrong. But, hey, we cool. Like, you know, we go back like lazy boys, you know, back to the sandbox. Yes. But God says, you must understand that, that, that there is a thing that's called a transference that affects every one of our lives. Where I must be mindful and, and, and aware that God, as I'm allowing you to work 
on me. I must not give the enemy a place even from my closest relationships because I will take on that character. I will take on those behaviors. Psalms 25 and 21 says, let integrity and uprightness preserve me for I wait on thee. Preserve means to guard and keep. Show me a man or woman who has made a decision to walk in integrity, and I will show you a man or woman who is guarded and kept by the Lord. That the Lord will vindicate you. That the Lord will fight on your behalf. The Lord will watch over that word that you chose to walk out and make sure that you are guarded, shielded, and protected for the sake of his word. Psalms 41 and 12 says, And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity and settest me before thy face forever. God helps you in this thing. He helps you to do right. And if I make a decision to want to do right, God will make sure you get right if you go left. I'm going to say it again. Because God, uh, God understands that there are blemishes. We are human. We have blemishes. The only human that ever walked this earth that was without blemish, a perfect sacrifice, was Jesus. Where God, this is why mercy is new every morning. He says, I see your heart. Yes, you missed the mark, but I see your heart. See, David missed the mark big time. Took my man's wife and then killed him so he couldn't find out about it. Missed the mark. But it was the response that David had that, that the word still says this, this was a man after God's own heart. Where he says that's a man or woman of, of integrity. Not that I'm expecting you to do everything right all the time. But I'm, I'm expecting you to have no ulterior motive that when you uh, um, discover that you're wrong, that you quickly get right and say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me for what I did. God says, that's a man or woman of integrity. If you ever get a product or service um, wrong, um, uh, you, you buy something, somebody renders a service and it's done wrong, what they do after that carries so much weight and that communicates to you what kind of integrity that company has. Because everybody knows you're going to get something. Something's not going to be done right. But it's what happens after that that makes the difference all the more. My, uh, my, um, uh, uh, br my brother in love, he uh, uh, bought some food from a restaurant that if he had asked us, me and my wife, we would have told him, don't go there. But he bought some food, and it, 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 you know, it was just a crazy, it took so long to, you know, get it, and it wasn't right, and they said one thing, and it was another, whatever. It was just bad. And he was gracious. He was going to give them an opportunity to simply make it right. And they actually didn't really want to have anything to do with anything. It, it, it was so hard to even get a manager on the phone to, you know, kind of, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's kind of fix this. Let's kind of fix this thing. They had an opportunity to, to gain a loyal customer just by responding to something that was wrong and saying, hey, I'm sorry, hey, hey I'll give you this. Listen, at Chick-fil-A, if they promise 10 minutes to get my fries and it take 12, they're going to give me a coupon. I'm like, my goodness, that's integrity. 
where you make a promise and I fail to deliver on it, which means sin, and there's always a cost to sin. You know what? Let me give you this because I didn't deliver on my promise. And that's the beautiful thing about the sacrifice of Christ where if I don't deliver on something that I'm supposed to do, he says, I'm going to take that punishment because there is a wage to sin. He said, I'm going to take that on your behalf. So wonderful. So wonderful. He's such an integrous God, full of love, where he, where he knows that there's wages to everything, good or bad. And he's always willing to say, hey, put that on me. Put that on me because I can carry that. Put that on me. You just make a decision to walk a different way. So powerful. So powerful. He who walks, Proverbs 10 and 9, he who walks with integrity walks securely. But he who perverts his ways will become known. In other words, his or her steps are solid. His or her steps are consistent. In other words, the ground that you stand on, you will not fall. He who walks in integrity walks securely. But if I walk the other way, I will trip, stumble, fall every single time. He said he walks securely. He stands on a sure foundation. In other words, the enemy has no place. The, the ground that that person walks on is actually holy ground. He who walks in integrity walks securely. There's a... Um, uh, uh, it's called a triad. In the world of information security, because um, this is how important integrity is, there's, there's three pillars of cybersecurity, information security. And it's called the CIA triad. And not Central Intelligence Agency, but CIA is confidentiality, the A is availability, and the I is integrity. Man values integrity. So whenever you're talking about security, information security in the world that we live in, integrity is vital. Here's what it is. If a security mechanism offers integrity, it offers a high level of assurance that the data, object, and resources are unaltered from their original protected state unaltered from their original protected state. See, the finished work of Christ has everything to do with bringing you back to your original unaltered state. Bringing you back to a place of integrity where we start fresh and we, let's go, let's walk. Let, let, let's walk this thing in a different way. In the world of information security, the original protected state is so valuable. It is so valuable. Because here's what happens. If that original protected state is modified in any kind of way, whatever you reference back to that state is looking at something that's modified from its original state. Which means if I send you something that's supposed to be important to you, there can't be a missing digit or there can't be something off about that thing. Else, it has been, its integrity has been compromised. It says, thus, maintaining integrity means the object itself is not altered 
and the operating system and programming entities that manage the object are not compromised. For integrity to be maintained, objects must be modified by only authorized subjects. By only authorized subjects. See, the enemy uh, attempting to modify your source code is an unauthorized subject. And God says, I am an integrous God. And what I make is whole, complete, and sound. So I have a plan to bring you back to that whole, complete uh, missing nothing, lacking nothing, having um, 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 everything provided for you because um, everything is already done. Everything is already completed. In other words, in eternity, in God, we have everything that we need. That is the reality of it. But what happens is, in this life, we yield to compromise that disrupts the integrity of the Word of God. Which is why there's only one way. Because if I said, hey, God, can I have this way and your way? He says, it can't happen. He said, I'm holy. Because at that point, my word will be compromised if I allow two standards to occupy the same space. There's only one standard. Integrity can be examined from three perspectives. Preventing unauthorized subjects from making modifications. Preventing authorized subjects from making unauthorized modifications. So what's an authorized subject? Let's parallel this. An authorized subject, because the word says, submit to leaders in authority. They're authorized to speak on behalf of, of God, because all authority is appointed by God. My parents are authorized <coughs> to, to give me instruction. Policemen are authorized. My boss is authorized. The integrity of that appointment is compromised when they tell you to do something that's unjust. When they teach a way that's different from God's way. Authorized subject, but making unauthorized modifications. I'm teaching you a different way. Where God knows that this takes place. That we get the wrong instruction, we get the wrong uh, examples and models in life from different uh, pillars of leadership. God says, I have a remedy for that. He says, but for you, he said, you continue to walk in integrity. Because those who, who meant for your good, uh, meant for your evil, he says, I will turn that around for your good. I will restore the integrity of the word that you chose to walk in. Take a page out of uh, uh, Joseph's book. Time and time again, the enemy tried to compromise the integrity of the word of God that was in this man's loins and his spirit. Compromise the, the walk that he had. But he maintained his integrity. Where it was favorable or, or unfavorable, he had a revelation of God, you can do anything. God, you can rescue me from these situations. And God, I'm going to still serve as unto you. That is integrity. See, I'm not operating in integrity if I work at a job that I don't like and I give a five effort when they're expecting a ten. I'm not walking in integrity. And, 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 and God will not bless what 
he doesn't value. We bring it all the way down to the everyday, the everyday life. I could be extremely devoted because it's the picture of completeness. In other words, if they're paying you to do such and such, you need to do at the bare minimum that. And you can exceed that all day long. Go ahead. But I'm not walking in integrity if they pay me for such, for, for such and such, and I deliberately do something else. So now I'm almost made out to be a thief. If I come in late all the time and I'm expected to be at a particular place at a certain time, I compromise the integrity of my name and his name. Practical, like bringing it all the way down. Now, it doesn't cause you to just kind of be uh, antsy and all of that. It, it says it, it, it's just a matter of you allowing God to remind you that uh, uh, keeping your word pays dividends in the future. Because um, C.S. Lewis said, In integrity is who you are when no one is looking. Integrity is who you are when no one is looking. This is where the rubber meets the road. Because the, the Bible says, he who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise counsel. Which means, if nobody can see me, and, 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 and I can do whatever, and nobody else will find out, But God knows. See, when you work, when you live, when you play, when you uh, engage in your relationships, God is not looking at <laughs> uh, um, the good. Say, you know, I'm counting up my stuff and, you know, things that I've done for my, my wife. And God, I did this for my wife. I did that for my wife. I did this for my wife. I did that for my wife. But God says, but, but what you said or what you did, the manner in which you did it, that's not integrous. That's not whole. Because even in relationships, we can be manipulative to cause them to bend to our will. See, to operate in, in integrity means you have a completeness, a soundness. The New Testament calls it singleness of eye, which means I have a pure motive that I'm not, I'm not doing one thing, but I have an ulterior motive on the other side. That is not the nature of God. Where God says, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. If I'm going to provide something, I'll provide it. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Not conditionally. See, that's what agape is. Where, hey, I'll stay with you as long as the things are good. See, we can see integrity in action with regards to vows. Wedding vows. Where God will keep his vow. See, we're married to Christ, and Christ will keep his vow. But I compromise the integrity every time I, I say, well, I don't want to do this anymore. The vow that I spoke, that you make a decision to say, God I, God, I made a vow unto you. And your word says, I need to pay my vows. 
And if the other doesn't want to do right or get right, don't let that be you. Where you say, I'm going to do everything in my power because I'm honoring God first. Because if you say, hey, I'm walking upright before God first, that will benefit your relationships so much. So much. And you will correct things before others pull your card on it. Because you're allowing God to make you what you ought to be. To deal with you early and often. See, God is an early and often God. How many been in a situation where you knew there was something that you needed to do, make an adjustment with, but you kind of sat on it for a little while? And, and, and then sometime, bam, that thing starts to rear his head. Okay, now, now there's a response. It was God saying, hey, I'm, 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 I'm telling you this early so that you can address this. I want you to walk into a walk in completeness and integrity so that that thing does not come back to bite you, so that you don't have to pay late fees, for example, so that you don't have to, you know, pay for um, uh, the lack of integrity in any manner, in any manner, because you always pay. And the interesting thing about it is if you pay ahead of time, you can actually get money off. If, 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 if I'm late paying something, they, there's always fees that get tacked onto it. So there's always a cost to not walking in integrity. Back to this parallels. There are violations against integrity, and this is the cybersecurity uh, side of things. It says numerous attacks focus on the violation of integrity. These include viruses, logic bombs, unauthorized access, errors in coding, malicious modification, uh, intentional replacement, and system backdoors. Anybody ever heard of a virus? Anybody ever had a virus? Had, you know, pop-ups, you know, years ago it was pop-ups and, or just, just, you know, something just gets on your machine, locks it up, now you gotta go pay and, and, and get it fixed and all of that. Uh, maintaining integrity has everything to do with warring against malicious attacks. When you walk in integrity, you are waging war against malicious attacks. Malicious attacks that are um, external or internal. What do I mean? Integrity violations are, are not limited to intentional attacks, to somebody just kind of trying to um, 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 knock down your doors to compromise the integrity. But it says human error, oversight, um, or events that lead to integrity breaches. Um, in other words, it's something I did. I opened the door. I, I, I gave a place. Because security nowadays is not somebody trying to break down your front door. They're wanting to manipulate you into opening a window and letting them come in. It's called social engineering, where they know they can't come in the front. They can't even come in the back. The doors are locked. But what I can do is compromise the integrity of those who have the keys and, and get them to open a door for someone who has malicious intent to come in and not compromise the integrity from the inside. It says, behold, I give you keys to the kingdom. Keys to the kingdom. 
how uh, us walking in integrity determines how we use those keys. Because I can bind and loose. And I can open doors and close them. This is the authority that we've been given where if we use those keys, walking in integrity, we will make sure doors are closed. We will make sure unauthorized access isn't given. We will make sure that we walk upright before the Lord, which means walk in integrity. Let me give you three strategies as we close for maintaining a walk of integrity. And I highlighted them um, as we were teaching. But put these in your arsenal. Put these in your arsenal. The first strategy is the strategy of motive and intention. Motive and intention. Motive and intention. When I started, I quoted um, Haggai, where he said, Thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. Motive and intention. Second Corinthians uh, 13 and 5 says, Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? He says, examine yourselves. Check your motives. See, when we sow our seeds, God is not looking at the amount that you give. He's looking at the motive of the heart. Am I giving to gain? Am I doing things to appease in order to buy favor and buy acceptance? He says, check your motives. Lamentations 3 and 4, 40 says, let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one says, for if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Always check your motives. Always um, I'm asking God to deal with your heart, God. As the psalmist said, create in me a clean heart. Renew within me a right spirit, God. That the manner in which I do a thing is in a manner of wholeness. Because every time integrity is compromised, I'm seeking my own gain. I'm seeking my own desire. I'm seeking what pleases me. The second stand, uh, a strategy for maintaining integrity, and we said it, is to be a standard bearer. Be a standard bearer. I don't know who said it, but um, it goes like this. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. If you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. As believers, our standard is the word of God. Our standard is the word of God. So you say, what standard should I uphold, God? It is the standard of the word of God. And we saw the importance of integrity. You maintain that standard, he upholds you. You maintain that standard, he preserves you. You maintain that standard, he guards and keeps you. Maintain the standard. Why? Because others will be affected by the standard that you choose to uphold. Standards enable you to stand. I'm going to say it again. Standards enable you to stand. Because now you're not standing on your own accord. You're standing on that which cannot be shaken, that cannot be removed. It is, it, is, it is the incorruptible word of God. Maintaining standards enable you, enables you to stand. 
See, standards are independent of how I feel today. They're independent of, well, it's raining today, and, you know, so I can, you know, let me dial it back a little bit. They're, they're independent of what's going on in the financial markets. They're independent of what, you know, external circumstances, socioeconomic, they're independent of that. Standards are better than temporal conditions because the standard of the word of God is eternal, which means it will always supersede and override whatever is going on. Which is why Jesus was sleeping when the storm was, was, was rocking the boat and everybody was just losing their mind. Standards enable you to maintain a position. Though chaos is going on around you, to maintain a position. Because you understand at the end of this thing, it's good. When we go through this thing, it is good. Prime example, um, Job 2 and 9 says, uh, this is Job's wife talking to him. He said, dost thou still retain thy inte thine integrity? He said, curse God and die. Now, this was a brother that had everything taken away. His body afflicted. Family, you know, um, um, are gone. P -p -p Possessions and riches, all of that. And she had the nerve to say, you still maintain your integrity. You still maintain a singular thought concerning God. Because I compromise my integrity when God, I trust you on Monday. But God, I don't, I don't, I'm God, I'm doing something else on Friday. I compromise the integrity. When when God I run to you, when um, um you see the red, you know, red is always not you know good. So you know, if you're driving a car, you see that orange or that red, it's God I run to you. But God is saying, hey, seek me all the time. He says, fellowship with me all the time. Because God knows, and I say it all the time, you, you can't fool God. God knows your heart. God knows if you really want him or not. Just like in a marriage or in a relationship, you know if that person really like you or not. You, you know if that person really like you or not. God knows our hearts. And, and he says, be after me. He says, turn to me. This particular uh, scripture is still in the context of the standard bearer. Here's an example. Because oftentimes we um, uh, may have challenges finding things in the word to apply. Here's a good example. It was actually, it was actually stated on Friday uh, for the, um, the marriage, the real relationships uh, meeting that we had. And uh, Elder Gary said it. And um, years ago, he uh, taught all the young people uh, at Abounding Grace, um, a song concerning this particular verse. And uh, I, I never forget it. It's always in my head uh, forever and a day. It's, it's Matthew 5, 44. So if I'm maintaining a standard bearer, standard bearer, because this scripture says, do this in spite of conditions. Do this in spite of. It says, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now, my sin nature would say, oh, we're not having that at all. But the God nature of integrity says you maintain a higher standard, and I'll fight on your behalf. This is what integrity does for you. And then the song goes, love, bless, do good, and pray. Matthew 5, 44. 
I never forgot it. I'm telling you. And as a matter of fact, you about to never forget it too. Love, bless, do good, and pray. Matthew 5, 44. Love, bless, do good, and pray. Matthew 5, 44. You're not going to forget it. I'm telling you. You will not, you, you're not going to forget it. You can put a dance to it. Love, bless, do good, and pray. Matthew 5, 44. No. It was children's ministry teaching all day long, but whenever somebody did, is, 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 whenever I find myself in a situation where I have an enemy that I may want to get back at or whatever, that word, the Lord will bring that thing up every time and start singing it in my ears. <laughs> Matthew 5, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Because he wants to uphold you in your own integrity. He says, I'm going to bring that word back up to give you an opportunity to do it. Every time God reminds you of a word, it's another opportunity to uphold the integrity of the word. It's another opportunity to allow God to help you in that situation, whatever it is. Love, bless, do good and pray. Matthew 5, 44. The third and final strategy of maintaining integrity. It's the, it's the strategy, and we mentioned it, the strategy of unseen character. The strategy of unseen character. So you're mindful of your motives, always. You're mindful of the responsibility to bear a standard. Three, you are mindful of your unseen character. We have two types of characters. Now, an integrous man and woman only has one. But there's two types, because that integrous man and woman makes a choice. And um, um, it's been said that when you go on a date, um, you bring your representative, you don't bring your real self. <laughs> Apostle said it on Friday. He said, you know, in the beginning, you put your best foot forward. And he said, that other foot, just, you know, just stay on back because that's the real you. You put that best foot forward. It's the strategy of unseen character. In other words, don't give people a different picture when they see you from that which is really you when they don't see you. What do we call that? Fake, phony. We call it unjust. It's called double-mindedness. It's, it's, it's called being a hypocrite. Jesus talked a lot about it. Where whatever you see me do in public, whatever I'm putting off and saying that I am, I need to be that at home. I need to be that when nobody's looking, nobody's watching, and no one will ever know. But there's one that will know. It's God. It's not a proposition to just be, oh, God, oh, all right, you know. No, because he's rich in mercy. If I miss the mark, he's faithful and just to forgive me of unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord. He just wants to remind us that there are wages. Whether you think nobody sees, there are wages. There's always wages. There's always a return. 
on something that's sown, whether it's a righteous seed or an unrighteous seed, there's always a return. Proverbs 18 and 1, and I said it, a man who isolates himself, he or herself, seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Whenever you think and behave in such a way that no one sees you, the influence of the enemy becomes stronger and stronger. The influence of the enemy becomes stronger and stronger because the enemy loves to breed in darkness. So when I seek darkness, in other words, do something where no one can see, that's where the enemy can have a field day, all day. But his glory shines a light on everything. That we don't need to be, uh, oh, I don't want God to see. God already sees. He says, come into me. <laughs> he said, I'm going to take that. I'm going to deal with that. He said, I already know anyway. A man or woman of integrity is willing to lay bare and say, God, this is what it is. This is what David did. Say, God, man, yeah, I did wrong. That's why he said, create in me a clean heart here. Because those psalms weren't just eloquence, poetic eloquence. It was the very issues of life in his heart where he said, God, you got to help me here. And he came through every time. Because he's a God of integrity, of completeness and fullness that brings completeness and fullness to each and every one of us. Colossians 3 and 17 says, and whatever you do in word or deed, this is, re this is regarding the unseen character strategy, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. God says, listen, I didn't set this thing up that you be without help and be without assistance. He says, I'm not telling you to uh, do something that's not attainable. For Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. It is possible for when people hear your name that they can't think about anything but good things. That it is possible to start, whenever you start, walking a different way, walking a right way, and you see God move on your behalf. You see the benefits of a path of integrity. You see the benefits of a path of righteousness because God watches over his word to perform it in your life because there are others that are uh, needing what you have to give. God has given you something that will bless, not people, but nations. He's given you something uh, to make history. He's given you something that will cause the kingdom of God to be established here in the earth. And he says, seek first his kingdom, which is his ways of living. His ways of doing and being. His ways, his methods. And everything else will be added unto you, which is another example of what God values the most. That it is not what I can gain materialistically or how well I can perform in this life. But God is saying, check your heart. He's saying, maintain my standard of righteousness. And, 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 and he says, whether men see you 
or men don't see you. Walk in integrity, Joseph. Walk in integrity. I'm going to leave you with this. It, this was a quote from a book uh, called Uncommon. And it's regarding in integrity. It says, integrity is what you do when no one is watching. It's doing the right thing all the time, even when it may work to your disadvantage. Integrity is keeping your word. Integrity is that internal compass and rudder that directs you to where you know you should go when everything around you is pulling you in a different direction. Some people think reputation is the same thing as integrity, but they are two different things. Your reputation is the public perception of your integrity because it's other people's opinion of you. It may or may not be accurate. Others determine your reputation, but only you determine your integrity. Integrity is critical to everything we do because it is the foundation of trustworthiness in our eyes, in the eyes of those around us, and in God's eyes. Tony Dungy. The Uncommon Book, the New York Times bestseller. And whether uh, uh, in the sports world, whether they're a believer or unbeliever, they respect that man. Because that man made a decision a long time ago. Saying, you know what, I'm going to do this God's way. And he has a reputation of being just a different guy. He's got a different countenance, a different approach to things, soft-spoken but walks weighty, heavy. Be different. Be uncommon. Walk in integrity. Because if it's you and God, you are the majority. If the whole world can be against you, but if heaven is backing you up, you are shielded, guarded, and protected. You are preserved because of your own integrity. Because you made a decision to do it God's way. Father, we thank you. God, we praise you for who you are. God, we glorify you for your mercy. Come on, somebody thank him for his mercy right now. Just acknowledge him for his mercies. And now thank Jesus for being the perfect sacrifice for every mark that we may miss, for every blemish that we may um, 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 kind of um, inadvertently um, uh, uh, cause within our lives, whether it was done to us or something we've allowed to happen. God says, I see. He says, I don't bring condemnation. I don't bring a heavy hand. I don't bring judgment. He says, I bring opportunity. He says, I bring a way that is a better way. I bring a way that is a higher way. I bring a way that yields insurmountable results that yields the results that are eternal. I bring a way that always provides not just for your needs but for the others around you. He's saying this day make a fresh decision. Make a fresh commitment to pattern your walk after his. Make a fresh commitment and fresh decision to allow God to make you what you ought to be. To perfect those things that concern you. Make a fresh commitment to do the thing that is expedient, that is necessary in the moment. Because it's God's name at stake. 
It's because his word is at stake. It's because when you make that decision, you are being a witness. You are maintaining a standard that will cause you to be peculiar, that would cause light to shine, your light to shine, so that men will see and say, wow, I don't know what it is, but when I'm around you, just, just good happens. There's, there's peace. There's, 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 like, I feel like I can do more than what I'm doing. It's, it's, it's not, you know, coming down on an individual. It's simply the light of God that always lifts higher. It's the glory of God that always brings everything to a higher place. That always makes up the difference. When everybody is doing one thing and it looks popular, it looks like that's the way that it should be done. You maintain your integrity. You hold fast to the word. Hide it in your heart. The psalmist said, thy word have I hid in my heart. That, so that I will not sin against you, God. God, so that when I open my mouth, it is a complete word. It is a word that's not missing anything. It's a word that my very life can testify to the power of it. Make a decision this day to say, God, once again, I'm going to do it your way. Create in me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit. As a matter of fact, pray that even right now. Pray that even right now. Create in me a clean heart. Renew within me a right spirit, God. God, help me to walk this walk victoriously. Because he's called you to walk with your head held high. With joy in your heart. With, 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 with a, pep in, <laughs> a pep in your step and fire in your belly. He's called, you, he's called you to ride high, up above that would dis, try to distract you. The, you. the higher you go, that's a man or woman who've made a decision to value what God values. And as a result, you continue to go higher and higher, and you soar like the eagles. You watch God do what he does best. Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory for your faithfulness to your word and your integrity. Somebody thank God for who he is right now. Come on, thank God for who he is. Thank God for who he is. Thank God for who he is. Hallelujah. 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 I just heard this word. God, um, uh, uh, is there anybody that may kind of be facing something where, uh, 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 man, God, I, you know, you just don't know if you can go through this. You're just not sure. It was, it, it was a word of enduring where he's telling somebody in here or few to endure. 
He's saying, endure. He said, don't get off. Don't go and do something else. He, he said, endure through it. it because it's, 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 he, he said, I don't want you to endure in it. He said, I want you to endure through it. He said, you, you, you maintain the standard of righteousness. When everything in you wants to do something else that may not be right. He says, endure. He says, endure. If that's for you, just grab it. Receive it from the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank God one more time.